and welcome to Com Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Johnny Castle. <laughs> there you go. Johnny. Right back at it. We Johnny. never know what you're going to come with. Uh, today, we're going to see why nobody puts baby in a corner as we watch the always tremendous Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey in Dirty Dancing. But first, as always, we ask the most important question of every episode. What are we drinking? This episode, I'm drinking the Sons of Liberty Battle Cry that Brian gave me for my birthday. It is delicious. I am enjoying a One Hope Cabernet Sauvignon tonight. Also delicious. Cheers. And remember, if you would like that wine, make sure you're following Katie on One Hope Havertown on yep. Facebook. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also supporting um, behavioral therapy for kids who are on the autism spectrum. So... Drinking awesome. for a cause. Doing good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am drinking Summit American Pale Ale, which is by Tilted Barn Brewery in Ooh, Rhode Island. In I Exeter, really Rhode enjoy Island. that can. Yeah. That's a, this that's a is nice dog. a awesome brewery that uh, brews their beer in a legit old barn. Okay. Uh, you know, breweries um, are popping up everywhere in America. Like podcasts. <laughs> we're not showing Brian. Hold on one second. I was wondering Uh-oh. about that. I was there like, why are. can I see Brian, <laughs> but no one else can? Yeah. There's uh, his um, face. Yes. So it, it breweries and podcasts, uh, very similar to a podcast. Right, I went in and more. there were all, there were all uh, basically 40-year-old mm-hmm. white guys mm-hmm. in an old defunct barn. Awesome people, delicious beer. I highly recommend it. I feel like their dog is very Eric Carl inspired. It looks like it could be out out of the uh, Hungry Caterpillar, Grouchy Ladybug book book series. I like it. Is what I'm saying. I think that's a really nice can. You've got a a nice can, Brian. Thank you. Randy's drinking a mango weed from uh, Free Will. Oh, I saw that you went there today. Free Will has some good beer. Mm -hmm. She just made the visit today. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, you people should listen and drink along. Drink along. If you're, it's nice. Unless be you listen to us um, on the pod version and are driving mm. as you listen to Can us. Can we make it into a drinking coffee? game? Yeah. Every or time Brian or I mess up a word, you have to take a sip. No. Well, they that would be, be fun. pretty drunk. That could be fun. <clears throat> All right. Jim's okay. Not, um, not playing along. Down. The rundown. Katie, yes. Katie basically has the script. She's just going to read the script. She's going to read the whole script. Uh, well, I, I wrote it while I was putting the kids to bed. So this one was more of like a three minute version than okay. the usual 90 second per- version. It gets a little serious, but it comes back around to being a little more lighthearted. I okay. feel strongly about this movie. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Baby is a girl on a quest to change the world. A college freshman, face makeup free, sweaters bulky, hair naturally curled contrary to many girls of her time she is not going to college to find a husband to finance a life sublime on her family summer vacay in the catskills at a mountain retreat she meets the rebel dancer johnny castle who helps her find her heart her libido and her feet in the course of three weeks baby and johnny experience romance fast and true her story inspired a generation of wise liberal sexy women who would think WWBD? What would baby do? There we go. I think we should just stop right there and be done with this episode. <laughs> Let's call it. That was okay. rather intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where to go after that, especially since in our show sheet, um, 
preceding your rundown, we had a number that said piss monkey. So I think we really... <laughs> oh, yeah, we skipped right over the fact How check. about we'll do... Can we, we save we, fact we, check for the end? Yeah. Since we just yeah, uh, so, jumped so, right so, on so in so there. Just, and yeah, it's I'm a tease. You can so excited talk about, to talk about it. <laughs> piss monkey uh, later. So... We get Dirty Dancing, uh, a film that there was a lot of excitement when we announced uh, mm-hmm. it was the film we were going to do. Uh, rightfully so. This movie is awesome. It holds up. It is everything yeah. that Independence Day was not. A Agreed. film released a long time ago that you thought, hey, Dirty Dancing, I remember it. You know, And you only remember bits and pieces of it. but was fun rewatch though and you do this rewatch and you're like no this is an actual movie yeah yeah i was i i was nervous to rewatch because it's been a few years and i was like oh is this going to be one of those movies that we you know the shine's going to wear off i'm the glass is going to be broken and i'm going to be like oh no all the things on the contrary i don't think when i watched this the first 10 times i was even getting the story as it is, right? Like, I feel like I see all new things now as a 38-year-old woman, and I am like, oh, hells yes. Thank you for this movie that happened in the 80s, written about the 60s, that everybody needed. Everybody mm-hmm. needed this movie. Yes. I, I really genuinely found this movie, and I think this is the first time of any of the movies we've done, almost 50 episodes now, that the movie uh, exceeded by a great deal my expectation. Yeah, totally. Of it. I think, I mean, by know, a long shot. Too. For our, sec- like, our second Patrick Swayze movie, holding this up to Roadhouse, <laughs> right? Like, like, it's clear, you know, it's clear that Roadhouse lives in its own space. <laughs> And this is a completely different thing, right? Like this, you know, I I was thinking like, I'm sure from a cinematography standpoint, it's not the most amazing, but it feels to me very like real. Like you are just kind of like a fly on the wall in certain rooms and situations and that you're really just supposed to be immersed in their story and not really struck by like the beauty of a shot or um, anything like that. I thought it was okay. Okay. Yeah, I thought they went for the aesthetic that they probably wanted um yeah i thought that that part of it was actually what i was thinking talking about roadhouse when i saw this is maybe how undervalued patrick swayze was as an actor and i was remembering our conversation of that right that like yeah he was good he's so good in this movie and this character is not to me it's his character well, and, and to be fair, most of the characters in this movie are not multi-dimensional. They're they're no, sort of. I would you don't think that, he yeah. is. I think he's pretty thin, and his motivations are pretty. Eh. I don't know. I feel they're very like, cliche. I feel they're like not, towards the end, you get you get a fuller concept of who he is and and why he, they really ble- breeze over the fact that he's like an awesome dancer, and it was like it was like some guy came into a thing and. No, I but I mean more about like wh- who he is in this world, right? And how he feels about his role as like the stud muffin dance instructor who yeah, nobody he, expects to be any. So, he's so to lover me, boy. 
Right. But to me, <laughs> so he speaks about that, like the yeah. trope, right? Of like, the, like this, this is the one dimensional self that, that I'm supposed to be. Mm. Um, and that's, and you're the only person who sees anything more than that. I don't think I, I, as much as I love this film, I don't, I kind of side a little bit with Jim. I don't think the screenplay for this film was great. Mm. Okay. I, you know, I thought it set up everything. It was fine. It wasn't bad. But I think it was a pretty much this is like uh, upper class versus lower class, how they're going to be. Sure. What I thought was good, uh, very good, actually, was their ability, the performances of pretty much all the actors to take dialogue that was, I think, fairly like mild you know not there's not a lot on the table for them to do with it but they played it well so i think Mm. that's maybe more a testament to that um how they did it now the thing that i thought was going to be the most problematic episode um avenue and idea about this episode was how do we discuss the swayze jennifer gray relationship Uh um because in my mind, when you just think back to it, she's supposed to be young, like 17, and he was older. And, you know, is this going to be one of those things where he was so much older and it was kind of like a predatory type of situation, which used to be fairly common in films mm-hmm. back then, cast somebody very... It was much less of an issue mm-hmm. for me than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, this didn't feel like... um it didn't feel anything more than maybe like a junior or senior in college picking up a freshman. Right. So I, I, I did think that it was an interesting omission that they never tell yeah. you his age. Like, that just seemed like, why, like, just tell us, right? And so I felt like you do a lot of figuring of like, well, if so, if he, if he and, um, what's the girl's name? His Penny. dance partner. He and Penny are supposed Penny. to be the same age. And she was in a relationship with Robbie then Robbie's still in college, right? Like she can't be that much older than Robbie, right? right? So I feel like I did yeah. that. Like I did like three degrees of like Patrick Swayze still would be kind of like a senior in college. Well, Swayze, <laughs> right. if if I did the math right, Swayze was 35 when he did this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jennifer Grey was 27. Oh, that's great. That makes me so, feel great. So yeah. what I was kind of interested, Aileen watched it and I asked, well, how old do you think he's supposed to be playing in this film? And we kind of thought like maybe on the high end, 24, yeah. 25, maybe because he's still a guy I and you kind of he- read it in the and when he's like oh yeah my dad my uncle's finally going to get me a thing in this painters union type <laughs> situation and my read was like here's a guy who was trying to make it as a dancer and you know he probably didn't go to college and he's been doing this now since you know maybe 6 or 7 years and he's finally saying well maybe I have to get a real job now right type yeah. situation so i i was surprised also i think those types of disturbing relationships are all over this movie um in terms of the parents wanting to set her up with that guy yeah, who he looked like totally. he was a 40 year old man yep. straight up 40 year old man i don't know what yeah. college he was going to yep. i mean richard greco could have been in this film and if he was he would have been playing like a kindergarten student yep. based on the ages of the other people all of the th- in i mean you know the the husband paying Johnny Castle to keep his wife busy that night and her like yeah. having sex with all the college guys like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I don't know. I just listen. Not that we're advocating, uh, you know, in a modern standard, but I think based on what we were seeing there, um, that was not a relationship that would have been ultimately frowned upon. Oh, which not at all. I was, which not I was all. happy about, and I, because it made the viewing a little bit easier. Not because I of the age. Gonna be and, not I, because well, and I also think that difference. the way that it's told, the way the story's told, you don't. He's to me, he's never like predatory right whereas some of the other men are right so like oh all the others yeah i think that was a good choice by them too he's the opposite of all that yep um so i think you very much see him in a more positive light yeah yeah right Bri. yeah 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 (laughs) sorry Sorry. i thought you were moving on no, no, you it chopped you. You froze on me for a oh, second, okay. so yeah. I was waiting to hear. The I end said, of "Yay for Johnny Castle!" Yay. Yeah. Oh, I think so. And yay for his cousin. Yeah. Uh, which also is a character a cool I didn't guy. really re- yeah. didn't remember. I realized pretty early in this viewing there are a lot of characters that I side characters I really didn't remember. The only stuff I remembered I, it was Penny a little bit having the abortion. I remember Jerry Arbach was the dad. Mm-hmm. And him. obviously Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze and everything oh. else was very kind mm-hmm. of not in my memory bank. Like I, the, love... I didn't remember the sister being involved so much yeah. and all that type of stuff. I love that dynamic too, like between the sisters and then with the father, you know, how that all plays out in the movie to me, like that's, that's a really important side storyline, parallel storyline as well in the like coming of age. Like this is a very, I think for the time unexpected, unconventional coming of age story. No, no, um, not for the time of the eighties. But the period piece, right? No. So, I mean, compare it to some of the stuff of the eight. Like, certainly you're starting to see the Breakfast Club kinds of movies in, in the 80s. Um, but, but well I, before this. But, I, well, but so I still would say that this is this is like direct commentary on the, like, a, like a society, right? Like a specific subculture. Um, and then also just like standards norms of the time and uh, you see that in those other movies but i think that there's a very specific message here um just about like what we expect of you know teenage girls and what we don't expect of them sure, sure. you know so well i also thought it was interesting because it really does hit on a lot of the themes that mad men will come in much later mm-hmm and delve into and it did a better job and maybe with young when you're younger doing the viewings you don't catch on to that but there was so much of the aspect of what life was like for people yeah in the early 1960s in terms of not just women but people living in poverty or who are below slightly below what is deemed to be societally acceptable and, you know, again, so much of this movie, you think about the dancing and stuff like that. But I thought there was some really interesting dynamics of the haves versus the have nots yeah, totally. um, in, in terms of, yeah, it's kind of in your face, but not too preachy, yeah. I guess. No, no, they, they don't focus on that in, in talking about there's never any exposition about that. It's more just characters sharing their own stories um rather than saying like and and to talk about you know what we did last week veronica mars there's very much voiceover in veronica mars that is about the class issues right and in this it's more johnny just sharing his experience 
and then seeing the experience of like these rich white these rich girls and these these college you know kids so it's not direct so uh, but i do think that there is there is focus on that right when oh no no, no seeing- i didn't mean there's focus what i meant is that it's like it's it's a little more um like surgical and how it's delivered it's not mm. delivered clunky as as oh, like sure. they're not hitting you over the head yeah, yeah, yeah. they're letting you kind of put the pieces together no one ever says like we're poor this is we don't have any choices these this is how we have to live and this is our box to live in because of that yeah that's not present here that like there's no speech like that there's but we right but we get those moments that like form that story right so you right have, that's what i'm that's yeah, what i'm saying you have like, like the the store the staff meeting at the beginning yes where it's like all the waiters all of the cabana boy people yeah. like please wine and dine all of the girls yeah. right. even the cows right you know but the dance staff like you keep your hands to yourself right and you that's know? And like the notion uh, of like you know who's allowed to touch the guests yeah and right. i think that's that is a benefit of this movie is that it's it doesn't make you feel like it's trying to teach you a lesson while right. you're watching it. it doesn't it doesn't dumb it down it's right it just yes right. i agree the, the way the that. way that they yeah. teach a lesson here is is to make you empathize with the characters, which is yeah. always the best way. Just tell and the not, story. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe um, we were, I'm wondering if saying the screenplay was too simple. I think it was simple, but I don't want to mean it if people think that it means the screenplay is bad. Because I think there are little elements that are some really interesting dialogue i think there is some yeah. simple dialogue scenes but then there's some great things the scene when patrick swayze is talking about when jennifer gray asks him well how many women have you been with yeah and he does that little monologue basically of you know you have nothing and the first time i came up here and you know women are giving you the room keys and all this type of stuff and you know you think that this is because they value you and there's worth to you and you realize they're just using you. Mm-hmm. That was, I, I didn't remember that scene at all ever yeah. until I saw this viewing of it. That for a man to have a dialogue like that, and I, feel I think like is really intriguing. Character perfectly, right? Where like they don't give him some kind of like, he's not so rough around the edges that beca- that it becomes a stereotype right like they don't affect his voice his dial like he he just sounds like a regular guy and then they also don't give him dialogue that's too elevated right too flower to me they play it just right where like you totally believe this character right mm-hmm. like that like Johnny Castle like folks have this idea of him but like when you talk to him, he is he's not what folks expect him to be. And you know? and I'll say that this movie has some funny parts, too. Yeah. And oh, and, yeah. and the best part is it's not a joke written script. Right. The The funny parts of this movie are just kind of the characters being themselves and being funny or their reactions yeah. to each other. Or like having awkward moments. With right. Each other. Yeah. It's not yeah. like they're not writing jokes in the script. And thank God, because. There's probably a version of this that's really terrible that tries to be more like yeah. out loud joke funny. Well, it's funny, you I, know, like even thinking about like the I carried a watermelon that like that's, that's a great line. Yeah. But like yeah. for her, like 
it's great that everybody remembers that because for the character of baby like that's the line that she's going to remember for the rest of her life like i right. can't believe i said i freaking carried a watermelon <laughs> right, i was right. waiting that was my first i line. was waiting for someone to say elvis has left the building because <laughs> right. it would have been it would have been more culturally appropriate time wise <laughs> for someone to say that yeah. in this yeah, film totally. than uh, in that. <laughs> jerry arbach who i absolutely love yes. um as Lenny Briscoe Great. on Law and Order. Oh, and yes. Aileen, to tell you how much people love this movie, Aileen actually watched this movie with me. Uh, she doesn't always. Yay. We watched it on our anniversary. Great anniversary um, film. Mm-hmm. But she's like, the guy from Law and Order. I love him. Yeah. Uh, he is great. One of the things she and I were having a conversation on, and maybe it's just the layers of this film as you get older is, in my mind, he always was kind of a bad guy or not a bad guy but maybe you know you know he was a bit of an antagonist right in the fact that and in this movie he's just a normal guy i'm like this makes well that's interesting that you're watching it as a dad now right it makes complete sense totally but he he doesn't do anything so so he has as much almost as much of an arc as as baby right like he is learning to be her father and in who she really is, just yeah. like she's learning to. Yeah. And, and it's funny that the mother and the sister kind of take a backseat to this, all this growth, which is probably just, okay. just I, for the okay. film's purpose. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> so in comparing it to Independence Day, right? Like they don't, yeah. they, they don't take too broad of a focus, right? right. Like they, right they focus in on where they're supposed, where they need yeah. to. At yeah. the end, Alien was like, the mother said three words in this film now? Yeah. yeah. It was not. I mean, she was not a major well, they character weren't allowed in this to movie. <laughs> You're funny. But I, so I do think that from the beginning, you get that notion that like the older sister is kind of more aligned with mom. Right. Right. And baby is more like she's connected to dad. We know that. Yeah. Right. We know that throughout the film. And so because it's baby's coming of age story, it, her relationship with dad is primary. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and if you want yeah, a, a cut of this that is more funny is basically Mrs. Maisel season two. I was going to say it. The, 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 well, it is like a counter piece to this movie in like a great way. And I feel like I have more appreciation for this movie because that movie or season two of, uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel dives really deep into these like Catskill, yeah, like mm. um, which really is a whole culture, like, like all inclusive sixties, like, yes. So Jewish upper socioeconomic, yeah. like yeah. that was we, a whole. Culture. The Costellos went and to an open house of one of those once to Ooh, see if we wanted to go. Yeah. At one, I've been point. to Slovak Sky, which but, is the Slovakian uh, okay, okay, gotcha. Catskillian. I want to hear all about this. And I I drove past so many places that I was like, oh, that could totally be where Dirty Dancing took place. Like, I mean, it really does look like you've driven back to the 1960s. I will get to finish a goddamn thought. Not ever. No, that's (laughs) never going to happen. Never going to happen. In your entire friendship with me or marriage, you have never, (laughs) ever going to happen. He had a whole day with Scout today. I'm sure he was able to Uh, say some things. You should have been Facebook tried to talk. <laughs> she barked. You were saying, James. I was saying that if you, I think, I think watching that season of Mrs. Maisel about these types of, of you know, summer getaways uh, in the '60s is 
just gives you much more appreciation to know like sort of what another experience in these types of environments is like and sort of like all the goings on behind the scenes because that mo- that season dives into like the wait staff and the, and the people that are helping and okay. and just like yeah a lot more going on and and it's interesting mm-hmm. and how much it is used as a matchmaking like place so like i think Absolutely. that i don't think yeah. that is brought across very well in 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 dirty dancing yeah, I think I there mean, might they, be a little bit of alluding to it, but, but it's you're only right. it's only it with baby, yeah. which is which yeah. is like, is this normal? If you saw like if the and here's a line like you could just have a throwaway line that the mother could have said something like, "Well, those two, you know, that's basically like Mrs. Maisel's mom is like trying to get everybody together, the right? matchmaker, so, the matchmaker." Yeah. Okay. I do like how this film is streamlined, though. Yes. yes. I mean, yes. maybe yeah. that's part well, of it. It's, it's no, there's no fat. So I think you yeah. can watch the movie without having that <laughs> historical context. But I agree with you that so that that world was completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. You know, even the notion of folks like having vacation homes right. or like going away for weeks mm-hmm. in the summer, like growing up in rural Pennsylvania, like that wasn't a thing, right? Like, you like just drink with your teacher. Yeah. You know, well, no, but even moving down here and like going. people going to the shore for the summer going or having a shore having a second home like i I didn't that's not the world i knew so but for me i was still able to access like the complete story of dirty dancing as like a whole new world Mm -hmm. now having more of an understanding of what those like mountain retreats were for folks who lived in the city and how they were used very much as a place to like meet your future husband similar to women going to college in the 50s and 60s mainline Philadelphia, um, it really was like a, a matchmaking scenario. And so when you bring that knowledge into watching Dirty Dancing, to me, the story of Baby is even more compelling, right? Like the commentary know, speaks even louder. Do you know who had a relationship that was made at a camp on a lake? Dennis and Patricia. Yes, Dennis and Patricia what? Costello. Yes, they were. Uh, it was a... Uh, sleepaway camp, not a dirty dancing style place, but they were counselors uh, at this camp, and that is where they met. Patty, did you go there to find a husband? <laughs> Tell the truth. I, I, I think she was 16. So, but it's interesting because this is not speaking out of my out of turn. My mom came from a very affluent upbringing. My grandfather worked on Wall Street and was very successful. And my father's family was the exact opposite. Uh, you know, my grandfather, my dad's side worked on the, the rail lines. And they and still would, let her marry him? Yeah. I mean, if they, this was the notebook, yes. is a forget about man. it. Yeah. Forget so, about it. But that, the, so true love can be found at a, in the a retreats. In the, yeah, it was almost in the Catskills, uh, close to it. But what well, I also love about the... Marvelous Miss Maple. Uh, Everybody sorry, drink. Maple. I, drink. <laughs> I don't. I, but is this idea of how history is so intriguing, like Jim bringing that connection in. I love the subtle thing. And I'm a history teacher, so I got it. But the idea that when baby says to him, you tell me I can change the world, all this type of stuff, this Kennedy ideology that the parents were 
you know, pushing on the teens of this time period, but they were really like the Korean War, World War II parents. But when push came to shove and the civil rights movement started to happen and gender equality for women and the Equal Rights Amendment happened, they said, you're being too radical. This is too much. And she kind of goes back at him. She's mm-hmm. like, you're telling me you want me to change the world. And here I am. I'm seeing the world as this guy is someone who I love. And I don't care that he's not the fucking asshole that you're going to write a recommendation to medical school for who is knocked up a girl uh, left her to die and is now banging some woman and is trying to bang your other daughter and I'm saying this is a good person and you've told me to change the world and then you come at me about it and I think that's an interesting dynamic that was actually happening in the 60s and and I think it still happens today right so like how easy is it for us to write the check to, you know, volunteer for the soup kitchen, send the stuff. But when it comes to like analyzing systems that are at play in our own lives and like our relationships, like, hmm, who wants to do that? <laughs> well, no, but or even this, th- I mean, w- this is not a political podcast, but Baltimore has obviously oh, come Jesus into the Christ. thing. But my point is this, all of us in on the show and many who probably listen are huge fans of The Wire. We saw how screwed up that whole system is. And we talk about it and we say we watched the show. But how many people have actually tried to do something Mm -hmm. to help that city? I mean, that city is a mess. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, I watched The Wire. So I know how it is. But, you know, we don't we're not helping organizations in that city or doing anything. And we're just content to say, well, it was messed up. You know, we, we think by like just saying, oh, we know how they feel and we feel for them. But we don't actually do anything. And I thought that. Again, was streamlined, and now or you can take it one myself. step lower, and we don't even we don't even say that we would try to help them. We just bash them, watch for it, being... consume it. Yeah, no, 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 I... no, no. I'm 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 speaking. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, I I know where you're about to go with. But my point, I've talked myself now into thinking maybe the screenplay is a lot better than I yeah, was giving well, it credit that's to. It. I, again, like watching it now. I felt like I noticed so much more than I ever noticed as a teenager and a twenty-something. Like. And I mean, all of that stuff is there, right? Like, it's all subtle and I can look at it as like, oh, well, this is probably why that appealed to me, yada, yada. But was I really seeing it? Was I able to, like, verbalize it? I was actually shocked how how short this movie was. That's what I mean. This thing just moves. And to their credit, this thing just moves. Katie, this was probably and you've you've hit on this. I feel like this is one of those movies like in college People our age, girls would have just watched a lot in the dorm room type situation. But what what was it that drew you to the film maybe at that time versus now, you think? Is there a difference to it? So I don't know. So like, you know, as I've spoken about before, this was a movie I was not allowed to watch for a while. When I think about the timeline on it, it was a blockbuster movie, right? But it was 1987. I was seven years old. There was no letting a seven-year-old watch this movie. You know, I don't know at what age you would say, like, now's an okay time. For yeah, me. yeah. Right? So, I, so um, of course, I wasn't allowed to watch this. Now, my cousins, many of them were <laughs> older than me, right? And so, the youngest cousin, she saw stuff before I did because she was the youngest of four. Yeah. Right? And so, that always changes, like, when kids see things, right? When they're the youngest of... Oh, abs- right? absolutely. Um, absolutely does. And so, I, for me, it Kevin was really... Predator when it was, was like four. a word-of-mouth situation. Uh, uh, listen, where, like, I was watching Commando at five, so... Uh, but I might not be the one to... 
And so, by the way, that is not a swipe at my parents. I, I did not turn into a mass murderer. I think there's <laughs> there's yeah, there's reasons people don't watch things now, but it's sure. we're also okay for having watched them. So here's what I was thinking about: like, why is this movie so appealing? Um, you know, I was telling Jim I was listening to This American Life, and they had a little bit by Kurt Vonnegut talking about like your classic stories, right? And like, here's so you plug in a million stories to this formula. Right. Like, and it always works, you know. And so one of them is like, guy is in a good situation in life. Shit happens. Things go down. He figures it out. Somebody helps him. Things go back up. Right. Uh, another one is like the rom com formula. He like plays that all out. He's like, and then we have this one. It's like, girl's mother dies. Uh, father marries a witch who has horrible <laughs> children. And they treat her like crap. And then, you know, along comes someone who makes her life better and gives her this, the carriage, the the dress, the crown. And she meets Prince Charming. And the Cinderella story is told over and over and over again. And then we get this notion as a society, you know, that like women need to be saved from their circumstances, right? Like be the fairy godmother, be the Prince Charming. And I said to Jim, it's so interesting to look at this story through that lens because this is Cinderella being like, no, I don't fucking need to be saved by the Catskills. Like, I am who I am, but I also didn't know that I could be a sexual woman. Well, right. Like, I can be smart and I can take control of my body and have a summer romance that doesn't have to end in marriage, that doesn't have to have a 20 year plan. That is just like, let's have fun for three weeks and then I'm going to college and I, we'll never see each other again. I will not argue with you on that. Completely agree. But counterpoint, this is your exact Cinderella story. It's just gender swapped. Yeah. Exactly. I was, yeah, agreed. <laughs> but Which he is doesn't very end up for that but time. At the end, right, you right, don't right. get the notion of like, and now Patrick Swayze is right. going to live happily ever after correct, for their correct, like he's correct. he's climbed the social ladder and, and they did give him the the like saving moment he is the the he does have the moment of like coming back and saying nobody puts baby in the corner yeah so they um, save each other right in a way, right right, right? Yes. exactly yes. they help each yeah, other i didn't necessarily i didn't necessarily see him as the hero which i liked no. i thought they were equal partners yeah. in the I, whole I think situation. it's super empowering like when i look at it as like what appeals to a teenage girl mm -hmm. for girls in the 1980s no one was telling you like you can be a sexual being and still be smart and still have a future you can have all of those things nobody was saying that that was not a thing and this so is a this theme. movie was revolutionary. Well, it comes it it does come up a lot in the eighties, I think. Yeah. Yeah. With I think like, it's like a, I think it's a game changer. And, I do. Yeah. Oh, you mean that idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think this was this this sentiment was was clearly like part of the time. I think there's a little bit of it in Sixteen Candles. Uh-huh. And and a lot of the John Hughes movies, um, the female characters I think are sort of in that struggling in that in that vein. Um the other point I was gonna make is that you know, at the time, like you said, you're probably in college and, and later years in high school and is sort of when you fell in love with it. It's sort of that same thing. I mean, we watched Varsity Blues, which is if you take it's not it's not as good as Dirty Dancing. I don't think that movie. But I think the the ideas of like that story for a male are played out. Yeah. You know, time like we sure. can go back to the. 
I the agree. earliest I think movies that's a, yeah, and that's see the same story yep. over and over again. And so, like, to say, you know, to to I think we if we're gonna enjoy watching that that movie, I think there, you know, I think you can recognize the similarities and and enjoy Dirty Dancing. And in fact, it's a much it's a much better film in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think Dirty Dancing gets um, maybe categorized as like a chick flick sort of film. Yeah. But then, oh, but when does. you watch it and think it through, it it is so much more than that. It has it has so much going on. Yeah, at its base, I, it, it, at its base, it's going to be those teenage, young twenties characters deciding who they are, yeah. right? And and to me, that is like, and we've already mentioned it tonight. The Breakfast Club is like the version of that movie that will always probably resonate with me the most. Um, but there's hundreds, right? Yeah. Like, and and we love. We talked about can't hardly wait. There's yeah. a lot of that going on in that movie. All these high school movies sort of revolve in that sphere because I think it's such a human element to go through that in that time period in your life. Sure, that like the moment you see it represented on film, you're like you attach to it immediately. And and I think for females, it was a lot. For women, it was just tougher to see that in film yeah i agree i also need to point out johnny and penny's relationship as like a strong presentation representation of a male female friendship that is clearly deep and true and non-sexual agreed and i think well i mean well so they say like when they were teenagers right you can't dance like that and be non-sexual. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, you can't. Let's see. That's interesting. that is a challenge. That, that is, is a challenge. Yeah. I want to see that. All right. Um, we're <laughs> we are we're almost out of time I'm to kidding. talk about the film. Let's each uh, share one more thing oh, that we loved about this film. Can I start? Yes. I am rewatching the AFI films. Uh, as we've discussed, I'm a quarter of the way through it now, and being a quarter of the way through it, I and this could get me kicked out of the unspooled Facebook group think this film is better than West Side Story. Mm, yeah. I think it's better than West Side Story. If, if That's my hot take for this episode. Well, and can uh, we be honest? Like, West Side Story film. is Romeo and Juliet. I, like, I just feel like I know. so you've taken the story of Romeo is... and Juliet and put it in a modern context. Like, and, how? and I don't know. Yeah, I, no, you're completely true. And the other thing is this, and we didn't even talk about it, which is shocked. It's a testament to how good this film is. To mm-hmm. me, this film is a quasi musical because of the soundtrack. Yep. Every no. song Sorry. is, I think every so song is perfectly placed. Ah, I said that's to fine. Jim, it I has popular like, music. It is but it's not, not a musical. musical. But, but the role of music in this movie. I know it's not, yes, it's not a musical, but so this, important. Is the, this is the closest to a musical we have done on this show. I, so I opinion. said to Jim, I said, it's so interesting uh, for me that like so many of these, these songs are are famous songs in their own right. Yes. Right? Then they are also in Dirty Dancing. But for me, I don't know if I've even, until we rewatched it, connected the dots on some of the, like, obviously, like, had the time of my life. Like, that's one that you think of Well, which was written for the film and everything. Sure, and then uh, the Hey Romeo, It's Me, Lover, but, like, I feel like there's songs that are immediately, like, oh, Dirty Dancing. Like, that's what I think of. But then there's other songs in there, like These Arms of Mine, that 
I have such an emotional reaction to those songs and I don't think I cognitively connect them with Dirty Dancing, but I do think it's because that's my relationship to those songs. 100%. It uses music excellent, but... It's not a musical. It's not a musical. Characters are not singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and I might prefer that. Uh, (laughs) Katie, anything else you would like to add or are you good to go? Yeah, I was just, I was so pleasantly surprised rewatching this movie. Yeah, the final thing I'll say is just the scene where uh, Lenny Briscoe is like contemplating the lake and his daughter's virginity, which is awkward (laughs) to say the least. Yes. And she comes and she says, I, I don't remember the whole. It's a it's a monologue because he doesn't talk the entire scene. But it's it, both of them are extremely well acted. Um, you know what she's saying and and his reaction. But I think she ends with saying something like, um, "I'm sorry I disappoint or I'm sorry I let yes. you down, but you let me down too." And that that like kind of sums up like his his arc because you can see when she walks away that I think all the pieces finally click into place for him. Yeah, um, absolutely. And he's clearly a different guy the next day. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And remember, if you like this film, make sure you check out this director's next film. A little film. <laughs> he's called a director for hire. God damn it, Brian. The director had nothing to do with this film. Are the guy probably just pointed and was like, go there and say this. Amazing film that we will be uh, doing on an upcoming episode. We are not doing that movie. I love we that are movie. absolutely uh, so let's take a vote. So Katie, um, do you want to do chances are yes or no? I sure as hell do. Jack Shepard? That's me. Uh, two, uh, yep. two, two to one. Quiet. Jack Shepard is very quiet. Scout also two, says yes. Two, yes. All right. So then we'll do it. All right. Yep. So that Don't is, get up, Jack. <laughs> that is Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Whew. So good. <sighs> All right. Feel, what are we doing feel, first? Are we doing great. the game of the week or? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do game of the week. You ready? All right. We're ready. Let's go. week's game is a new game keep to cut to all right so a new game for us this week keep to cut to you get to keep two aspects of the movie but you have to cut out two aspects of the movie so here is your here are the four options patrick swayze jennifer gray the soundtrack and the 1960s setting. Ooh, you can, can only I, keep two of these things in the film. You have to cut out two. Jim, you go first. I, I my hot take here: you lose both the actors. Oh, wow! I think they're both replaceable in this film. <gasps> wow! I think they're both Your great. Your sister is going to be appalled. I by think that. they're both great, but wow. without the soundtrack in the 60s setting, I think this movie wow. loses way more than. Like think about the actors at the time in the in that th- there is there is someone that can replace Ooh, Swayze. Yes, who? Let's play Tom Cruise. We're, we're, there's I'm there's instantly <gasps> recasting Tom no, Cruise. No, maybe not. Whatever. There's there are a bunch of people that can replace Patrick Swayze and Jennifer that was Gray. a hot take. I love that. Yeah. I'm I going the hot opposite take. way. Hot take. <laughs> I'm going to say you could set this in a different time period. Obviously, the story would change slightly. But I think you could still tell it in a similar way. Uh, no, and- those two are quintessentially '80s. You cannot take no. them out of that. Okay, so I mean, listen, we're we're this is a game. I don't think you can change Patrick Swayze and Jennifer. How Gray. can you take this? Okay, what about this? Play the game. What about this dancing? This dirty dancing yeah. that is so controversial makes yeah. sense. 
past well, the so 60s. Like maybe you would change you the way the they dance a little bit. Like this girl showing up in a Hispanic community in 2002 looked at kids dancing and, and was like, <gasps> I've never seen people dance like this. So I feel like, yeah, you can take it out of the 60s. Okay. You can take it out of the 60s. Maybe um, we should see, uh, as evidence of what happens when you don't have them, uh, Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights. <laughs> Has anyone seen that film? I, I can't get rid of Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze in this movie. I can't do Okay. It. I was really torn with this one because I firmly believe, I think the setting you might be able to change it's difficult because of the whole resort type. You'd have to work with that a little bit. I don't think you can change the soundtrack though. I, I don't know if you change the time period, obviously we change the soundtrack. I went into thinking I was going to keep Patrick Swayze and the soundtrack. I'm not sure about Jennifer Gray though. I thought she was really good in this. And unfortunately this was her career kind of, went in a different direction after this. I, I thought maybe Patrick Swayze and could you put Elizabeth Shue in that role? Who was also playing no. things I, at this I time period. I think period. she so. worked. I think that Jennifer Grey works because she wasn't really known. Right? Like she really can play well, the she role. Had, well, she was Ferris Bueller's sister. Yeah, that's but I, that's a minor character. Yeah, I mean, For this her was her easily her biggest on, film. Right, like I... I don't know. I I don't know if you can make anyone in that role be as good as her. I I just think uh, this is a really tough one because the soundtrack to me just makes so many of those sequences. Yeah, I agree. I don't know Um, why you write such hard questions to answer. Because because that's the point. If we all had interesting, easy answers. Total anxiety. You you have to be challenged, Katie. We are challenging you here with this. All right. So, Jim, you said, let's review quickly. You said you would keep... He's keeping the soundtrack and the setting. Setting. I'm keeping the actors. He's keeping the actors. I'm gonna go Swayze and soundtrack. All right. And I, I feel kind of bad. You know who I could do fill in Jim. for Jennifer Grey? Katie Curtis. Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, that's Tom I, Cruise. I will fill in. <laughs> I will take okay. I will take Speaking of Elizabeth Shue. Oh, hold in. it. Can, oh, go ahead. No, can we just say that Aileen did not know Patrick Swayze was dead? Oh, that makes me sad for yeah. her. I know. She's like, when did he die? I'm like, a decade ago. Oh, she missed that. Because <laughs> she doesn't really keep up with yeah. pop culture stuff and she's it's not so interested tragic. in it it was sad though i didn't realize it was that long ago all right sad. so that is game of the week mm. now it's time for five questions you want answers you want answers i want the truth what makes a man mr lebowski what the fuck is the internet what why Five question time. This week, Jim is answering the five questions. And I should add, because some people have asked, Jim and I were hard at work at streamlining, doing some production stuff. Thanks to Katie, (laughs) who has convinced us the show needs to be shorter. And I think she was spot on the last few episodes. We've been clocking in under an hour, and it's been great. Um, All the things that happen when we're together. And we'll get to the piss monkey, which also happens when we're together after five questions. All right, here we go, Jim. You ready? Yep. Uh, Five questions. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Something that was shown in this 
uh, film, Talent Shows. I'm a, I'm a thumbs up on talent shows. I yeah, I, I like the, I like a good talent show. All right, oh, perfect. All <laughs> right, here we go. Really important question. We could all answer this one: sexier Swayze, Dirty Dancing, or Roadhouse? I think it's got to be Dirty Dancing because of the dancing. I think dudes will like a sexier Swayze in Roadhouse because of the fighting. But he's outdone by what's his name? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam yeah. Elliott is so damn sexy in that movie. Yeah. Agreed. Dirty yeah. dancing. Dirty dancing. Okay. Dirty dancing it is. All right. Fill in the blank question. Uh, Jim, if you were a summer camp director or uh, in charge of some group at one of these places, uh, what would you be in charge of? Ooh, maybe music or possibly you would baseball being in charge of music at a summer camp i would hate being at working at a summer camp. no That's... you would be in charge of the video game room oh video game yes, room would be thank awesome you. i didn't know that. i didn't know that was an option yeah, oh yeah you can, like you can got, do whatever you want we've got oh, yeah. minecraft room building Lafner, computers yeah. robotics technology yeah, you're yeah in i'm in, there. I'm yeah, in on that air conditioned that... it has to be air conditioned yeah Claire has that at her camp yeah. she's going to now. Yes, they do like you. the uh, robot Legos, you know, the yeah. no, electrical I'm fine ones. if everybody is hot. Like, if everybody's outside and sweating, then I'm I'm like, I'm this kind of less. You've accepted your fate. No, no. It's like, it's like we're all, it's those moments where like everyone else is fine, but I'm sweating that I feel less yeah. than. I'm still going to say okay. that you, yeah. yeah, you would want like, yeah. oh, can I be inside and playing with computers? Yes. That's, that sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. All right. Fine. Favorite question. Uh, Cherry Arbuck, RIP. We love you. Lenny yeah. Briscoe uh, was also one of the key voices in a little Disney film called Beauty and the Beast. Wait, mm-hmm. Jim, is Beauty and the Beast? who is your, he is Lumiere. Lumiere. Oh, never knew that. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. He was a great <gasps> Broadway actor, which is how we got on Law and Order. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh um, which, think about this. Jerry Arbach, voice of Lumiere, partnering with Jesse Martin from Rent as cops Love on him. Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. Best show. Yep. Go back mm-hmm. and watch Law and Order. Yep. Jim, who's your favorite Beauty and the Beast character? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I would have to say Lumiere. I, I mean, He's good. I mean, all the other characters. I mean, Belle is obviously the the. I don't know. Gaston's a pretty great character. Gaston is a great character. He eats so many eggs. I so in the new version. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, actually, is the song the same? I ever I laugh every freaking time. His friend is a good character. Yeah, the friend is like so. They're talking about about Belle, and it's like she has a certain and. Josh Gad says, je ne sais quoi. Yeah. And Gaston says, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I, I laugh <laughs> yeah. every freaking time. Every single I don't time. Know what that means. Yeah. Oh, that's I great. I love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, deep thoughts question for the week. Jim, can you think of a film soundtrack that is actually better than the film Forrest Gump. that it's in? Oh, Forrest agreed. Gump. <laughs> yeah. Forrest I Gump do right not out of like the bat. Forrest uh, Gump either. Uh, that's a great choice. Yeah. I, there's I don't there's like hundreds. Uh, the Crow. Um, oh, that was a good choice too. This is why we asked you this question. There's probably a Tarantino oh, movie. The, um, what's the Tom Cruise? Even though they're cocktail? amazing, cocktail. Cocktail. cocktail we a, were just talking soundtrack. about. I love we were just soundtrack. talking about yeah. cocktail before the show, yeah. Katie. We yeah. want to do cocktail Kokomo. and invite. I can't even remember the movie, but yeah. I can we remember the show. We want to invite this Tim is... from Pop Addled, who is a bartender, mm-hmm. onto the show and yeah. do cocktail. Yeah, I think it would be amazing. 
Yeah, Elizabeth Shue. This is Elizabeth Shue is in yeah. that film as well. Is, There's a lot going on. I in was this. just watching The Boys on Amazon, and she is Ooh. in that show. How is that show? Is it? I'm good? interested. Yeah, Carl, okay. Carl Urban. He's a badass. Mm. All right. And that is five questions. All right, we're going to do a quick fact check because we didn't talk about it. Katie, what is the piss monkey? <laughs> um, can I be honest? I forget. Oh, the your purse monkey. That was that your Eva big thing. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Brian came down, we went to Reading Terminal Market for some Bassett's ice cream. And my child was playing with my purse. I, I think my purse is a Kipling purse. I think that's what it is. I got a <laughs> TJ Maxx, but apparently it's a thing. And every Kipling bag comes with a monkey, like a little furry monkey that's the same color as your bag. And so mine is a little yellow monkey. It hooks onto my purse. And when Eva is bored, I give her the monkey to play with. So she's walking down the sidewalk outside of Reading Terminal, which, if anybody doesn't know, is a hub for some of the city's homeless population. And that kid drops that monkey, I swear to God, oh, God every ten four steps. times. And there was just shit and piss everywhere. Like there was, it just, the whole place just smelled of it. And she was like splashing in the puddles. I was like, that's urine. She just jumped in a puddle of <laughs> urine. Like that's not rainwater. That's, uh, and, and dropping this monkey. And so, yeah, uh, my, the piss my purse monkey is now the piss monkey. Piss oh, monkey. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, and we did go see a, how did this get, this get made? Drink. Excuse me. Drink. Because uh, I, I messed up a word. I'm Got good. It. Um, and it was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. We enjoyed every second of it. And if you can see a podcast live, which you do probably every week when you watch us on yeah. Facebook live. Watch us. So, you know, watch us. And it and we're free. Also, All right, watch the movie Double Dragon. It's life changing. Oh, my God. Double Dragon was so amazing. Um, Look. Look. Wow. You really enjoy that. Yes. That. uh that gift there okay we 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 hinted at this in our episode last week for august and i can't believe it's august already uh but it's about to be august for our next episode (laughs) we are doing a little something called amazon august where katie jim and i have each picked three films that are currently on amazon video and And many people get that and there's some shit out there Oh, yeah. You can go down the rabbit hole there. There yeah. is some crazy ass shit going on on Amazon. I started showing video. my students Dark Crystal because I could only show <laughs> things that I had free on Amazon. They were like, what yeah. the hell is this? So we've each <laughs> picked three films. They're all secret. What we're going to do is I have this amazing box that I have kept for <laughs> God since I graduated <gasps> from college. Katie Some people made make this. the world more special just by being in it. It's so true. Katie. Right? made this a beautiful star box for. for me oh. that had pictures on it from college and everything that I've kept. Brian, are Olaf? Wait, wait, wait. Show the, show the picture on the bottom of the box. Oh, love it's love Katie that. and Aaron Powers. Oh, or no, fine. Molly. No, it's Molly. You were um, shaking it. Sorry. Um, so I've put these in this star box. What we're going to do is we're going to randomly select one of the nine movies from Amazon, go on Amazon video again, Mm-hmm. So many people have Amazon video because you probably have Amazon Prime. Watch a movie for free and then join it. I love All this right, idea. So our first Amazon August film is going to be do, do, do. a film I selected. Oh, thank God. From 1974, The Conversation. Oh, this is a film. Is. 
This is, I'm going to do a little film school here for us. This is a film that was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, Mm -hmm. stars Gene Hackman, was nominated for an Academy Award, and is described quite frequently as one of the hidden gems of... Film Hollywood from okay. the seventies, and I'm excited. I have never seen this, uh, and it is something that people have recommended. So you know, going out of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit here. But one of the things I love about Amazon is they do have several niche opportunities for you. Yeah. They have some really ridiculous kind of borderline insane films but they also have some great classic hollywood that will challenge people so this is i think going to be really interesting uh, a film from the 70s and we haven't done much 70s cinema here and that was like time of watergate heightened paranoia yeah a lot of these subversive films that has a really unique style to it so we'll be doing gene hackman the conversation again free well, I say free. It's free if you get your Amazon Prime account. And I don't know many people who are getting Amazon Prime just to get the video, yeah. you know, to be fair. Um, you can get that and watch it and we'll see where we go with it. Mm-hmm. Sounds and good. then we let me tell you, the Starbucks is filled with some really interesting choices, oh, to so say excited. the least. Um, so we'll do the conversation. Uh, anything else? We good? Remember, like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you have it. any questions, email us at commajors at gmail.com. I am off to the great state of Maine for a couple of days for our anniversary. Yay. So I, have, I will have stories of the great state of Maine when I Stephen return. King, tell him I said hello. I will make sure that Stephen and I will probably get together. Yeah, and awesome. I will make sure to uh, let him know that. Yeah. What's it, does you. he have a little bed and breakfast? Is that what he's got going on? Where did Jerry and, Jerry and Lisa stayed in a place? No, there's a thing. Stephen King's running a bed and breakfast. That's his. That's right, his. That's it. Let's just end right know. on that. <laughs> he, we're gonna end right on Stephen King. He was Stephen a greeter at Walmart running. in his retirement. Listen, but that Steve, is, if you haven't thought this through yet, you'd make a killing. Uh, literally. Oh my God! Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.